the Bavada at Odds podcast. My name is Seth Everett. I'm joined by the head odds maker at Bavada, Patrick Morrow, as we break down the latest odds in all the major sports. NFL week to week as the playoffs are upon us, we'll break down the latest odds plus the futures. It's the Bavada at Odds podcast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into Between the Pylons. I'm John Camacho. And this is Jacob Waters. And guys, we have an awesome show for you guys today. Obviously, we have to break down the Super Bowl, the big game, as it were, all of those things. We're going to break down the entire like actual game, offensive, defensive matchups, all that thing. We're also going to do some, some Bovada Sportsbook odds that we're doing with prop bets and things like that. So we're going to break all that down. Before we get into that, we have to talk about the Stafford trade that just came out. That was breaking news. ridiculously awesome and, and cool and something we'd actually talked about on last week's show. So pretty cool that we we didn't call it, but we you know definitely talked about the con- that conversation. And then before we get to all of that, the reason we're wearing some college stuff, I didn't have a Florida State jersey to fit me because I'm fat now. Uh, <laughs> the reason we're wearing this is because NCAA video games are back. This was our childhood. I mean, it's about fucking time. About man. time. I can't believe it. Listen, 2020, for as shitty as it was, <laughs> as of now, 2021, MLB The Show is now cross platform coming to Xbox, and NCAA made an announcement that they're coming back. Sure, it might take two to three years. I don't care. I said, there's a podcast. It was a year ago at this point now. I said, you name the price, I will pay it for NCAA because I am a college fan through and through. I love the Vikings too in the NFL, but when it comes to the college level, I go down to Auburn at least four or five times a year. I, I mean, I my son's yeah. named Jackson. Bo Jackson. <laughs> I, have pro- I have a problem. Yeah. It is a legit problem on paper. I'm ready for this video game to Bro, come back. It's, it's going to be awesome. Unfortunately, it is EA that is that's going to be bringing it out. Hopefully... Hopefully it's yeah. not just the same Madden, the bullshit Madden game. And I want to say that like I, I love playing Madden. No, go ahead but, and say it like it is. Madden yeah, sucks. Madden man. sucks. Madden's ass. It, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, hopefully it's not just the same Frostbite engine on you know a new a new uh, you know shiny game. So that uh, I have high hopes. I really do. Sounds like what they're doing is right now they're not going to do any likeness or, or names or anything like that. But there is you know conversations at the at the Supreme Court level, I believe, to you know, make these kids le- be legally allowed to accept money, and I would think once they're once they're allowed to make money off their likeness, once they're when they're in the NCAA, what the what these video games can do is basically spend you know five thousand to every start, right? Yeah. And and I know that sounds like a lot, but I mean Madden brings in billions, so I, I have no problem believing that NCAA will bring in a good amount of money if it's a good game. We'll come and play it. Uh, you know, there's. The, NCA fourteen goes for like a hundred dollars right now if you can get that disc. I, was like, say, I don't care if it's good or not. I'm buying. <laughs> yeah, <that game. laughs> exactly. So I would think once at right now the plan, like I said, they're gonna you know no no likeness no no uh, you know no likeness to the original players all that we get that. But I think I, I I believe I'm hoping that once once it's they're legally allowed to accept money, they will be able to just say hey here's five thousand here's twenty five hundred whatever it is to every college kid hey. You're in the game. We're paying everybody the exact same way. Hey, the the offensive lineman for Toledo or some shit that yeah. was never going to go to the NFL. Never. He just made an extra twenty five hundred dollars for being a starter. 
Like, yeah, like that's pretty that's, cool, right? You know? Type, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I hope, hopefully something like that happens to where we can have the full immersion of college football. Whatever it is, it's awesome. We had to talk about it. We had to bring some hype there. Uh, go Florida State. I'm bringing them to the championship. Or damn people, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's let's get on to it. Let's get to the big news. And I want to start it with what we talked about uh, last week. And we're I'm going to bring up like a little bit of clip from last week's show talking about the Stafford on the Rams conversation. The Rams are noncommittal on Jared Goff. They absolutely should be. I, I'll stand by it. I've said it. Really, for the past year now, Jared Goff had, is, was very underwhelming this year, to say the least. I think he was a big hindrance to a great team, to be totally honest with you. And, I mean, if Matt Stafford came in there, I, I think he could do all everything that Jared Goff can do, bless a lot, a lot more. Yeah, I, I think it, when you look at Sean McVay and what he's able to do, he is one of those coaches, again, that yeah. Sean McVay is able to hide areas of Jared Goff's game. It's just doing what a smart coach would do. Yeah. Oh, Jared Goff can't make that throw. So we're not going to ask him to make that throw. But yeah. there are times in certain situations and games, if you're, especially if you're trying to build a Super Bowl. You'd college, really like a quarterback who can make that throw. You, yeah. you need a guy like that. Yeah. And Stafford fills all of the boxes on that stuff. I think he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks out there. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it went on. If you want to go back and, and listen to our full conversation about Stafford and everything like that. Listen, I, a lie was not told. Yeah, a lie was not told. And it's it's super exciting. Let's talk about it. Let's Let's break it down this way. First of all, who won the trade? Let's talk about the trade value. This was two firsts, a third, and uh, and Jared Goff to the Lions for Matt Stafford. All right, that was the trade. The third, I believe, is this year, and then the two firsts, obviously, the the next two years because the Rams don't have a first round pick this year. So so that's the breakdown of the trade, just on its face value. Who wins this trade? Oh, I can't do face value because you have to look after the fact and see what reward the Rams are able to reap from this. If the Rams get a Super Bowl. It doesn't fucking matter what the Lions turn these picks into. Yeah. It doesn't. But the Lions did a great slam dunk job of getting a guy who they were mutually ready to move on from. Yeah. You know, Stafford wasn't going to be able to win anything to amount to what he would legacy-wise in Detroit. Mm-hmm. So get him, send him out, and you pull two first for him? Yeah. I couldn't believe it. And then you do get a, a young quarterback in a Jared Goff. Yes, I don't think that he's the answer. I don't think that there's much that he can do. I do think that he is a capable starter in the NFL, though. Yeah, bridge quarterback. Yeah, yeah he, he is a bridge quarterback who could get them for two to three years, and he can mess around and win you games sometimes. For sure. yeah. I mean, you know, the picks is really where you need to hit, though. But I stand with it and say that the Rams won, won the deal. Yeah, so I, I led you in that direction knowing full well I was going to say this is a win-win. Yeah, uh, this, it, it, this, both of them won. Yeah, I think, I think this worked out perfectly for both sides. Look, you can, you might maybe want to argue, oh, you know, the Rams gave up a lot for Matt Stafford, they who's going to be 33 in a, in a couple weeks, I believe, and, and all these things. Look, I, I don't care. First of all, it wasn't it wasn't two firsts and a third for Matt Stafford. It was two firsts for Matt Stafford, and then, hey, we'll give you a third to take Jared Goff off our books. Like, that, that was a trade, or at least, you know, something along those lines. They needed to dodge that. They're they, the, yeah, they, they're they were, in cap hell. They were in a bad situation. The Rams are not new to doing this, by the way. They traded a cornerback to the Dolphins not that long ago. I, I forget his name, what big name, who they had a big contract on. They sent him, like, a fifth-round pick in the cornerback just for the Dolphins to to take the, the cap hit off their hands. Rams are fine with that. Rams don't value first-round picks, clearly. 
they're set to go seven years without a first-round pick if they don't trade back into the draft. They spent they spent one on Dalvin Cook. They spent two on Ramsey. They spent a couple on Goff. Look, uh, they don't they don't have a problem trading first-round picks. I think their mentality is, hey, we're going to be picking late twenties anyway. We're not. That's not a slam dunk trade. Let's get a slam dunk player for for these picks that aren't slam dunks. So I, I get that concept. And for the Lions, yeah, it's a it, it is a slam dunk. You got two firsts and a third. Yeah, you're taking the cap hit of a Jared Goff, but you're getting a bridge quarterback. And listen, I think Jared Goff is going to be an awesome backup in the league for a lot of years. Like that's kind of where I see his, his career directory going. He's going to have one more chance to be a starter in the next year or two. I can't imagine it's going to work out because he's not going to have the weapons around him. No, not at and all. we saw him with the weapons around him with a great offense struggle the past two years. Above I mean, average at best. Yeah, but, but I mean, this past year was bad. I mean, yeah. there's no other way to say it. It was bad. It had a lot of interceptions, a lot of issues. So I don't ima- I don't think he'll succeed. Maybe he will. Maybe this is the, the wake-up call he needed. Hey, I, you know, I can't just ride on the coattails of being the, the first pick in the draft all those years ago. So, look, I, I think it's an absolute win for both sides. I think Lions fans have to be ecstatic. They knew they were moving on for Stafford. Did any of us think they were that it was Stafford was going to go for two first? I didn't. No, I, I, didn't, I didn't think so at all. And and it shows how much weight Stafford carries, though, when it comes to wins. Because I mean, Bavada had the Rams at eighteen to one to win, so that put them right at middle of the pack. I think fifth or sixth, seventh mm-hmm. overall. Now they're a ten to one favorite. The only two teams above them are the Chiefs and Buccaneers going into next year. Yeah, that's I, awesome. That's insane. Do yeah. you think that's right? Yeah, I, I do think. it Look, I, I said it when it happened. The third best team in the NFL. Now. Yeah, look, I, I said it when wh- the second that trade happened. I think they became close to favorites to to get to the Super Bowl in the NFC. I really do. That I think it's a very tough division, though. It, it, it's a it's a monster division. It absolutely is. You're going to have to get by the 49ers. The thing is, if they can get through their division, they can get through the playoffs. That, that's true. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. The teams that I think you're most worried about the Rams facing in the playoffs. Look, I don't know what the Saints are going to do. I don't know what's going to happen to the Bucks next year. I don't like. We don't know what's going to happen to Tom Brady. He's probably going to be the backers and all these things. But next year, moving forward, and I know you know we still haven't even played this year's Super Bowl. But moving forward, just at a glance, you think the 49ers are probably going to be really good. Seahawks are probably going to be really good. Cardinals are up and coming team. I, I, look, they can get through that that divisional yep. schedule. Yeah, I'm not worried well, about the playoffs. There's always chances. a lot of turmoil in the NFC. There hasn't been a repeat Super Bowl appearance from an NFC opponent in many many years. I yeah, can't, I even can't remember the last, last time one. that happened. Yeah. Might be Seattle going off the top of my head, but yeah. uh, hypo- play a hypothetical with me here though, because the Rams got a lot better at quarterback. Yeah, but this is a loaded quarterback division. What yeah. if Deshaun Watson goes to the 49ers? They still have the worst quarterback in the division. Doesn't that really <laughs> yeah, suck yeah, to think right. that you could stack it up with Russ, Kyler, Deshaun, <laughs> and now Matt Stafford, who you just traded away two first-round picks for and all this other stuff, and you're still I – mean, it's going to be a fight tooth and nail to get to the playoffs. Yeah, man. no, I, I absolutely agree. So, look, I, like we talked about the Rams. I, I Like I said, I think they are going to be very, very competitive. Right now, they have two weaknesses. Their offensive line does need help, and the linebacker needs help, right? This draft isn't particularly known for being a great linebacker core, but you can kind of get away with not having a great linebacker core in the NFL, especially nowadays, with as much nickel and dime packages as get, get run. But offensive line, yeah, it's a very, very deep offensive line class. They're going to find a offensive lineman in the second round that's going to have a good chance of starting, and they have hit very, very well on their day two picks. The Rams, you go through the roster, their day two picks are all over the field. Uh, well, and, so. <laughs> and, that, and that's why they're okay with letting yeah. go of this. Yes, you can show me the TJ Watts, you can show me the Terrell Edmonds, all these other stars yeah. that get taken from Shh. 20 to 32-ish. Yeah. But at the end of the day, man, they got Jalen Ramsey now. Yeah, They have Matt Stafford. Yeah. They have all of these names that are just 
top five at their position already developed. You don't even have to put the time and work into it. You got to hope they gel chemistry wise on the field, but you have to do that nonetheless with any rookie that you bring in. So, yeah, I, I see no problem with them doing this. If you have a window, you cannot put a price on a Super Bowl. Yeah. Coming from a Vikings fan who we're the sixth team all time in playoff appearances. No Super Bowls. Yeah, you cannot put a price on it. I would do whatever it takes for one. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Look, they made this push a couple years ago. Seemed like it fell off, and now they're right back in it. Feels like they're making another push. Excited to see what happens for the Rams. Flip it over to the Lions. I I, I want to touch on this very very quickly. To me, the Lions are there. This is their teardown year. They're they're going to acquire as much, many assets as they can moving forward for as many players. There is not a single player on that team that I can think of off the top of my head that isn't expendable. Honestly, if another team says, "Hey, man." We'll go. We'd like to trade for golf. Fucking trade golf and draft and play yep. whoever. Like I'm saying, there is not a player on that team you don't trade and try and get as much value for. I, I can't imagine they're going to spend a lot in the cap. I, I can't imagine that there won't be more trades out of the Lions trying to move. Maybe what Collins I believe went there in this past off season. That maybe they try and move him. Something along those lines. This they is trade flowers. They, look, you mentioned it, and I think you were exactly right when we were talking about the coaches. I remember you saying the Lions feel like they are they have not hit their bottom and they need to tear down before they can build up. This is their teardown year. And guys, I look, there's Lions fans out there that that aren't excited about this that, you know, feel don't oh, feel but good. What do you expect though? Well, but at the same time, look, I just let me finish. Look, I'm a Dolphins fan. 2019 was our teardown year. And I'm pretty fucking excited to be a Dolphins fan right now. I'm not saying it's all perfect. I'm not like you need to hit on your picks and you need to get lucky, but it is exciting, especially when you've been the Lions. You haven't been good, but you've had Matt Stafford, so you've won games. You really haven't gotten the chance to get that marquee player. Probably going to pick in the top three next year. Probably going to get your pick at, at you know the top quarterback coming out next year. Probably going to get a very good foundational piece moving forward. I'm super pumped for what the Lions are going to put, put together. Yeah, you got to hit on the picks. They signed Dan Campbell for that multi-year deal, yeah. which always, you know, the same thing that Matt Rule kind of had the freedom yeah. with Carolina, and it, it lets the coach know that this is this is his system coming in. It's his time to build. It's his time to actually have a say in what goes on in the organization. Yeah, and yeah, Detroit, you have nothing going for you, anyways. Honestly, even if you kept Stafford, I saw at best. I mean, him playing MVP caliber ball is a a nine and seven team at best. Yeah, I, I agree with that, right? You'd, yeah. so, you'd somehow fight tooth and nail for a wild card spot, but. Now, you know, you, you've stripped it all off. You can only go up from here. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, at the, at the end of the next year, you can only go up from here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I say I'm excited. They are in the NFC North. Yeah, well, I know that's your, that's your division. I know. Uh, yeah, that's tough. I mean, to see another team get this much capital going forward, yeah. to see us held back so much, and now the Bears rumors going with Deshaun and all over the place. Yeah. And, of course, you still have Aaron Rodgers doing his thing. Yeah. To, we can yeah. low key be the the worst team in the division in two years. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if you were. Listen, that that does suck. Let's you you mentioned Deshaun and like there's been rumors. Pretty much name a team. They probably have some kind of rumors for Deshaun unless you're one of like the three or f- five or six teams that doesn't need quarterback or wouldn't take the upgrade. Um, Deshaun Watson. the The conversation has been maybe three first round picks. Well, Matt Stafford just went for two. And like I said, I know it was two first and a third. I still believe that third was to get rid of Goff. So really, I'm, I'm going to say two first for Stafford. That's what I'm going to yeah. kind of put his value at. What does Deshaun Watson go if Stafford at <laughs> 33 to start next year, it went for two? Three or four. And, yeah. and I'm not even budging from that. I know people will look at me and say I'm crazy, say I'm insane. My argument for it is if we stripped the entire NFL down roster-wise, nobody is on a team and redrafted the league, Deshaun Watson goes number two. And, yes, at best you could argue for, for your, the case of him not going there at four. 
There's no other way that you can put any other yeah. guys above him with his age, with his caliber, with his potential. Yeah. Getting near the prime, because I still think we haven't seen it yet. That's mm-hmm. how good he can be. Yeah. I, I say franchise quarterback, it's borderline generational quarterback if he can yeah. go to the team with the right weapons. You pay what you can for that, and you deal with the rest later. Yeah. We've seen so many other moves for guys that uh, Matt Stafford, very good, very capable quarterback, borderline Hall of Fame right now, going to a team where he finally gets a shot at 32 years old, though. Yeah. That's a that's a five six year window at best. You could have Deshaun for ten. Yeah, well, look, we're talking about a guy who, on a team with four wins, so the entire team was awful, ended up fourth fewest interception rate in the league, most in yards, most in passing yards, third highest completion percentage, second most sacks behind just Carson Wentz, and had the second highest passer rating. Had no help around him. Had Brandon Cooks, and and Fuller for a couple for a little while. Offensive line wasn't good other than Tunsil. The run game was non-existent at times. The scheme was not inspired by any fucking means. And the defense was awful. You have one good linebacker on the team and then J.J. Watt. Obviously, J.J. Watt's great, but he is, you know, past his prime and a fair fair bit past his prime, obviously. So, yeah, the the team was awful. You won four wins. Look, it's a team sport, and I get people are going to say, well, quarterback on the team only won four wins. How can't be that valuable? Yeah, like, I I absolutely agree with you. You said second, second player. Absolutely. It's Mahomes and then Watson, and then we can start discussing yeah, it. Then you can like, uh, and, and look, people might want to say, oh, well, Lamar Lamar can't fucking throw. So so I'm not, I'm not taking Lamar over. We don't need to get into that argument. That's a whole other thing. Exactly. We got a long pot here. Um, but back to Watson, I absolutely agree. I think four has to be the number. Four, four first is the number. And the problem that, that with that is... That or three a solid player. Yeah. Yeah, but, but the problem is you can only go out three years. Mm-hmm. So there's only three teams in the NFL that have four first-round picks over the next three years. That's the Jags, Jets, and Dolphins. Jags aren't going to do it. They have Lawrence. So Jets and Dolphins, we, we come back to that. When this first started, we went back to Jags and Dolphins. Listen, I, 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 I am a Dolphins fan, so I will own my bias in what I'm about to say. So call me out in the comments if you think this is wrong. Totally fair. I am biased. I don't like the Jets. I'm a Dolphins fan. But... I don't think if the, if Deshaun Watson went to the Jets and the Jets trade all those assets to get Deshaun Watson, he is four and twelve on a different football team. I'm going into this <laughs> next season. Yeah, I mean, I, and, but the thing is, where can he go? You know, but the thing is, going in the next season, and then you have no top assets to add to that. So, so where's the value? Look, they have a they have more cap than the Texans. You know, it, it's a bigger market for the Texans. So I see the draw from that stance. But to trade the amount of assets that the Jets would have to trade to to get Deshaun Watson, because there are multiple suitors. It's not just the Jets. Like the Dolphins and the Jets have the most assets to trade, and they at the end of the day can get him if they really fucking want him. We don't know how bad the Jets or Dolphins even want him at this point. But I mean, I, I'm just saying, if they had to give up the assets we're talking about for first. Three firsts and, a, and you know a yeah. legit starter. I, I, he's he's four and twelve on another team. And I mean, may, do you but, think I'm wrong on that? No, you're not wrong for the first year. But going for the future with the Jets and the way that that could change it, I mean, it, it sets the foundation. And from there, you could build a fucking skyscraper in New York City. That's what they're there for, you know. Bavada has the Jets listed as the favorite now. The Texans have fallen back to second place. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, and I mentioned it. There's a chance. I said it. Carolina. Carolina is, is a big it, one, yeah. is it third, just for him to come back home. 
uh, your Dolphins sit at fourth. Yeah, right now it makes sense. Look, the Dolphins have made no moves to make it, to make it clear that they are interested in him. But to be fair, I the think Dolphins playing it quiet. Yeah, though. the Dolphins have to play it quiet because they have Tua, who they've already benched twice, and they have to be thinking at some point, like, okay, we can't just destroy this kid's confidence. We still want him. You know, if we don't get Deshaun, he's gonna be our starter. So, like, I, I would think the Dolphins are seriously considering it, but they have to play their cards right. So, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Listen, I, I, it's gonna be the biggest blockbuster trade if it happens, and at the same time. The Texans are playing this right. They're they're sitting there saying, "Oh, we don't want to trade him. We don't want to trade him." At the end of the day, they're going to have to. If Deshaun Watson doesn't yeah, play, they, they will. They, do you want Nick Casario? Do you want to be the guy who has no quarterback playing and didn't get any value for him? Like you don't want to be that that GM. Like you you're in a situation. You're in a very difficult situation. I get that it's tough, but nobody is bl- going to blame Nick Casario for having to trade Deshaun Watson. So legacy wise, you know, being keeping your job wise. The only way you're going to get blamed is as, is if you just you decide not to trade them, or if you wait too long and the assets dry up and you can't get the value that you originally thought you could. Because right now you have five six teams that are probably willing to to bid for them, and you can probably get a bidding war. Once we get through like March and April, you have teams that are are making their decisions. They can't afford to just sit there and wait and see what yeah, exactly, happens with Sean. Yeah. They have to they have to field a team, you know. So so they have to make their own decision. They might have to bow out of the race. So Casario's in a very tough decision. But I, I kind of think that he has an out, and he can build this team if he believe, You know, if he's smart, and he, he has the talents that I have to assume he thinks he has at least. I, I'll put my I'll put myself in that situation. I believe if I have what four first round picks, three first round picks, and basically starting from scratch as a roster, I, I believe I can build an okay team. Like yeah, I, I, you know, I have my confidence. Remove yourself because listen. Deshaun, the fantastic player that he is, does come with that price tag yeah. with him. So you are freeing yourself of that. Yeah. Technically, yes, you'd rather have Deshaun, of course. I get it's, that. It's but horrible. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm trying to find the light for yeah. a lot of Texans fans, too, because I know this is a hor- it's been a horrible two years for you. Yeah. Um, you're able to rid yourself of the aging J.J. Watt, maybe get send him off somewhere so yeah. we can play. The thing, the thing is, so we can play with his the brother. thing is, he's not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to trade Watt. Watt they it's, a, it's an option year. So yeah, well, they Watt's going to have to negotiate with them. They're going to owe Watt seventeen and a half million. So Watt wants, if Watt wants to go, all he has to say is I'm not renegotiating, and they'll just cut him. And no yeah. team, no team's going to trade for a guy that's that's cost seventeen and a half million no. when they know the team has to cut him anyway. Exactly, and that, so. that's more likely the route that it's going to go. But nonetheless, yeah. you free yourself of that deal. Yeah. You have a star left tackle who's top three disposition in the NFL. I mean, yeah. Tunzel at times hasn't been great, but there's not a lot going on around him anyways. And you have all these collection of picks coming in. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. There is a way that the Texans bottom out next year. I mean, not that's what's going to happen. They're <laughs> yeah. bottoming out. So they'll be at the top five of the draft. You never know what quarterback is going to be the next up-and-coming guy. And before you know it, man, there's there's a whole time where we're not even talking about this in a few so years. So you mentioned Bavadas. I'm curious what it, where do they have uh, the 49ers? Because that's right, the other right team right behind the Dolphins. Right behind the Dolphins. At I was pl- going to say at plus 1100. Dolphins are plus 900. That feels like the top five, right? 49ers should be higher for me because that is the one that is the scariest in the yeah, NFL. I, I Deshaun of the 49ers. I can picture him in the stuff. I can see it happening. And with Kyle Shanahan, man. They would be doing special things for many years to come. Yeah. Man, check check out our TikTok where we put a meme of of Deshaun Deshaun Watson on the 49ers. It's just Stewie yeah. hitting the idea of it because that sounds horrible. Yeah, like, Go away! Um, I don't right. want to think about that. <laughs> Are we good there? I mean, you yeah, know, we talked. The, I mean, we covered a lot. Yeah, of it. This is this is an ongoing situation with Deshaun. Obviously, the Stafford deal is awesome. 
I'm excited about it. I think we hit Stafford good. Uh, Deshaun, we're going to keep going back to it until something happens there just because it's so interesting. One more thing before Super Bowl talk. It was something that was hinted at that both of us kind of shot. I I mentioned flirting with the idea just because you have to as a new coach and owner GM. Uh, the Falcons have decided to retain Matt Ryan yes. and Julio as they should have, like we said. Yeah. I've, you still got some stuff going forward with Arthur Smith. I think there's a yeah. way that they can rebuild this thing quicker than they have to just dismantle it. Yeah, go go draft Najee Harris, draft defense the rest of the way, and I think you got a pretty good team. We'll see exactly. what happens. I just wanted to mention it before we go. <laughs> yeah, no, the, definitely uh, worth Super mentioning. Bowl. All right, so let's get to Super Bowl. Uh, how do we want to break this down? Let's let's start here. Let's start in Week 12. Because Week 12 was a very interesting game between the Bucks and the Chiefs. And obviously, a lot of football fans watched it because it did feel like that could be, you know, a Super Bowl matchup. And here we are. Uh, this is a game where the Chiefs were winning 27 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. The uh, the Bucks gave up two. Let me look, let me find it here. Yeah, 200 and uh, 269 yards to tra- to Tyree Kill. Three touchdowns on 13 catches. 200 of those yards, exactly 200 y- of those yards, were in the first quarter. I had him in Fanduel that week. Yeah, 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 everyone did. Yeah. Um, that was a that was a. I mean historic right like you don't get you don't get 200 yards in two games let alone one quarter um so ridiculous ridiculous numbers and it really it was just it was sailing from there the bucks did put up 14 points in the last quarter really what happened from a schematic standpoint is todd bowles got way over over uh over uh what's the word aggressive over aggressive i lost the word sorry todd bowles got way over aggressive he he brought some blitz practices and he basically put tyree kill on an island with a number of their corners. Carlton the, uh, Davis Carlton was the main, Davis was the main one. Destroyed, and, and it just doesn't work. You you don't get to do that to Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill can blow by just about anybody. We always talk about the top wide receivers, and you know we we talk about the Julios and the Odells and all these things, but Tyreek Hill. He's a good wide receiver, and he's the fastest guy on the field. That's a dangerous combination. I'm yeah. sorry. He should be talked about as one of the best wide receivers in the game because he is. Um, so that pretty much put the game away. Obviously, I think for going into this Super Bowl, the Bucks kind of have the advantage that they have already played them, and they already tried one method that didn't work, and they had to get out of it by the, by really the first quarter. They they changed their they changed their defense, and it was at least a game after that. But by then, the the Chiefs have pretty much taken over. So, so really, it really interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll let you go, and I'm talking too no, much. No, no, you're good. I'm glad you didn't use the argument that I used with the Packers Bucks because you know my my thing was Packers beat uh, the Bucks, destroyed the Packers early on in the season. That was yeah. going to be the same thing. I thought you were going to say that here, kind of. I know you have the Chiefs winning and all, no. but yes, it was a, schematically. It's going to be a different game going forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, if I'm the Buccaneers, I'm going into this game with one of the best dink and dunk quarterbacks who can surgically dice you up. Yeah. I'm going to dominate time of possession. Mm-hmm. The less time that Pat Mahomes and that three-headed monster is on the field, the better for the Buccaneers in every single way possible. Mm-hmm. Because the Chiefs are, I mean, it can be second and eight on their own 28-yard line, mm-hmm. and then, boom, 80-yard, t- whatever it is, 70-yard touchdown yeah. to the house. Yeah, That's how fast and electric this team is. I don't think the Buccaneers present that same exact thing. They are fast and electric on defense, though, and if they play their cards right and can just contain the big play, mm-hmm. I think they'll be able to be in a grind-out game, and I'll, I'll take the GOAT Yeah, every time. You, you keep it close in the fourth quarter. You know, I'll, I'll take the GOAT. Yeah, I, I definitely get that concept. Yeah, so I wanted to bring up that that game because I, I do think it's interesting. This is a learn-from-your-mistakes kind of thing, and it's so glaringly obvious what the mistake was. It's very easy to just look back and say, like, I, I watched the first quarter of that game. and was like, okay, burned. that was the problem, yeah. and I didn't watch the rest of it because it kind of it, it got away from – it was just game script at that point to what the, what the Bucks had to do and what the Chiefs were doing. So it, it's very 
very interesting from that standpoint. It's also interesting. You look at uh, Spagnola, right? They're the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. That was the same DC that was uh, defensive coordinator for the for the Giants in 07 when they beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. <laughs> so so it's it's kind of interesting. Spagnola does have Tom Brady's no, or Tom Brady's number. He at least knows how to beat him, right? Yeah. Obviously, that was a great 07 game. You know, you could say got a little lucky there at the end, but you know, great game no matter what. Uh, had beat Brady two years in a row. The Chiefs beat them in, in 19 and this past season as well. So it, it's it's interesting. Spagnola has you know has a positive record versus t- Brady. This defense is built in a way that can keep up with with the the Tom Brady attack I think uh, they do have some pieces on the D line that can get after the quarterback that's the big thing you look at that that week 12 game there was only one sack on Brady but there was eight QB uh, QB hits and that's a big thing you want to hit this 43 year old you know uh, the other thing that I think is interesting and it kind of goes back to last week right we, we saw we learned a lot last week and and one thing I know I'm I know I'm talking a lot I'm gonna let no, you get no, back in fine. here but I do have a lot of thoughts on just kind of wanted to like Get them out. Um, so on the Chiefs side, one, we learned the Chiefs are willing to play dink and dunk Alex Smith level football, right? Like like they their scheme against the Bills was not, hey, we're trying to score on every single play. It was let's get five yards in every single play. And that yeah. is almost until like we played last night in Madden with the with the Chiefs and Bucks. I was the Chiefs, he was the Bucks. And and I mean I didn't really throw it deep. All I did was dink it and dunk it because I could get five, six, seven yards every single time. It was I'm impo- so worried about yeah, it was impossible to stop. Time. Yeah. I mean I, I think I got one big play on you. Didn't end up winning the game because I suck at Madden, but <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Um anyway, moving back to it. You combine the fact that they can go over the top of you any any second with the fact that they are willing, if they if they bring a game plan where they are willing to be patient and just you know take what the defense gives you, I don't think you can stop this team. You're you're right. You're completely right. Pat Mahomes, if he he's baby goat here, and we have yeah. old goat. <laughs> I'm really expecting old goat Tom Brady to not make mistakes. I think yeah. when he has over two thousand yards in Super Bowl games alone, Jesus the man. Christ is just comfortable in this setting. <laughs> like it, I compare him to LeBron. This is just where they live. They yeah. just live in the postseason, live in the championship games. Mahomes is going to get his accolades and going forward, but he's going to have to match the same type of composure and just playing it cool, keeping it calm, mm-hmm. staying poised, being ready. Because, yes, it, it, it sounds sexy to be able just to throw a 55-yard dot every single time, but the one time that, you know, Pat Mahomes has a great arm. He can do it better off balance than anyone. But if you make a mistake with the Buccaneers, I think Tom Brady's going to make you so, pay for it. So you think this game goes down to who makes the first mistake, right? A quarterback not, position? Not necessarily the first mistake, but the last one that's going to make you the pay. Because if, if Mahomes makes that mistake, Brady's going to eat off another eight-minute clock. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's like, it's not even the point necessarily that's mm-hmm. going on who scores versus that. It's, oh man, Chiefs possession time just went down. They're going to touch the ball two or three more times now. Yeah. Because I, I think with... I've watched a lot of the, the way that the Bucks play some of these games in the playoffs, and with their offensive line and shoring up some areas, they use Gronkowski, who is one of the most underrated blockers that we have seen. Yeah. And when it comes to playoff time, Brady will trust him on an island. We saw it in the Washington game. Sure, Washington's not a great football team overall, but what do they do have? An elite defensive line. They left Gronkowski on an island on Tom Brady's blind side with uh, Chase Young. I mean... I missed that. He's That's a monster. Crazy. There, there's six different plays where they left him on an island, and Gronk literally takes him all the way around the play. Wow. They have no problem with it. They're going to use Gronk to be able – like, everyone's probably like, oh, Gronk touchdown bet. It might be the sexy pick. Mm-hmm. Yes, he always shows up. That could happen. But you got to look at some of the areas that Gronk is able to shore up that offensive line and help this run game. Mm-hmm. And if they can't get the run game going, one of them's going to have to show up in Ronald Jones or Fournette because Brady can't do it all by himself here. Mm-hmm. I just think – 
I, I just can't go against the goat, man. Yeah, look, I, I, I totally respect that. I, I do go back to look. Brady threw three balls down the field last. Uh, one of them was as he's getting hit. So I'm not really going to give him that. But there were three interceptions, four balls that should have been intercepted. There was one that was just dropped by the safety, but three that were just bad throws. One was a was he was getting sacked. He was trying to throw it out of bounds, just didn't get it there. Um, so three bad throws that probably should have been intercepted versus the Packers last week or two weeks ago. Excuse me. And I, I am curious if we're going to see that Brady again. I hope not. I think he has to know he cannot make that same mistake this no. this week. I mean, there's just there, I just can't imagine as, mu- as much respect as I have for Rodgers and as much as I kind of think like Rodgers let them down in the fourth quarter, not being able to put a drive together in those last two drives before the final drive where they were you know in the red zone. They had they still had three chances to score a touchdown, couldn't do it. So so I, I don't think that'll happen again against the Chiefs. That's kind of where I, I draw the line. You say. You know, the last mistake, I, I, I know who Brady is. And listen, I am not sitting here. I'm not betting on who's going to win. I'm going to bet on some prop bets. I don't I don't bet a bit against Brady. Last week was the last week I will ever bet against Brady. I thought for sure the Packers were going to win that game. I was wrong. And Brady is just Especially, Brady. especially is with is? the elements <laughs> yeah. at Lambeau, man. I thought it would be so against the old man, yeah, Brady. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, go back to this. Um, yeah, I, I do. I it wouldn't shock me if this game ended on a on a Brady interception, and I know that's wild to there's say. A, no, there's. Yeah, I mean, there's, it shock there's a world where that happens for yeah. sure. There's a world where Brady comes out here and you know he has those mistakes. He the defensive lines getting in his face. Those are the games where he has struggled the most. Yeah, he, knows he doesn't, how to bring he that doesn't have too. the time. He he's not able to really step into the pocket and read the field. Yeah. If he's not able to find that second third checkdown option. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a long day for him. And the Chiefs have the ability to wear. Pat Mahomes can run. He can do a moving pocket. They have jet sweeps with Miko that can. There are so Hopefully. many different. There's Swiss Army knife. Yeah, and the, another big part that I don't think I've heard really anybody talk about. I don't. We don't know how Pat Mahomes' toe is. I've, I've heard nothing about his toe one way or the other. If Pat Mahomes is is mobility is hindered. That changes the that changes the game a little bit. That'll be that's an interesting thing to watch, especially in that like first first half of the first quarter. That first quarter, if we don't see Mahomes really move out of the pocket at all, I'm gonna kind of know like, hey, they, they're probably gonna keep under wraps. They're not yeah, gonna they're let anybody know that his toes that is they still has a turf toe issue. But man, if he still has that turf toe issue, you can't if he can't move around. That's gonna be an impact in this game. We've seen the Chiefs come out and play slow. Yeah, and. On, I would say every game that they've played, yes. these two games that they've played in the playoffs have been slow starts. Yeah, actually, before yeah, I want to bring up a stat yeah. here. I, I didn't realize this before I was doing the research. From week nine up until the divisional round of the playoffs, so not against the Bills, but from week nine to the divisional round of the playoffs, they have not won a game by more than six points. Wow. Yeah, the Chiefs. <laughs> like, that's a ridiculous stat. So I'll let you keep going. I no, no that, that that's that what there. it was saying. Yeah. Is that. The Bucks kind of start slow too. I think that's what this first half is going to be. Is it's going to be low scoring? I'm taking the under at 56 and a half. I'll let you know that right now. Really? I think we could be looking at halftime at like a, a 10 to 7, 13 to 10 kind of game. Yeah. That may not even pick up after the third and the fourth, just because these teams are feeling each other out. They're playing it safe in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I hope Todd Bowles has learned his lesson with thinking that that Tampa Bay defense, that's what it was. He (laughs) He thought thought that they were the number one defense versus the number one offense. So I don't have to adjust my way. They're going to adjust to my defense. No, you learned. (laughs) You learned your lesson. Uh, You know, shade over top on Tyreek Hill every single play. Uh, Travis Kelsey's going to have a huge game. I think think Travis Kelsey's going to have more catches than Tyreek. 
I think so too. I'll, I'll say that right. I, I think I think the I think the line on Bovada was like seven catches for for Tyreek. I'm I'm gonna take the under on that because I I do think that take the under uh, yeah, yeah on the Tyreek catches because I I just there's no way it happens twice. There's just there's no way that they don't go in this game saying yeah look we'll we'll we have to at least stop one of them. You want to stop both of them, but you have to stop one of them. Let's definitely make sure that stop we stop the one this that guy. Can burn you for 60, <laughs> though, over the top. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so look, hey, it's a tough offense to stop. We we know that. Uh, I want to go to a couple things. Uh, these are like my my keys to the game that you see at the beginning yeah. of the game. I made a couple of these. Uh, for for the Chiefs to win, Chiefs need to confuse Brady and they need to move him off his spot, force Brady to to make mistakes. As I kind of mentioned, I think that's gonna be the biggest the biggest thing. What can this defense do against Brady? Because I, I absolutely agree with you. If, if Brady has time to to maneuver the field to you know be Brady, yeah, it's over. I'm sorry, I don't care who's on the other side. I think it's over. Um, and then the other one is get Hill loose. They, I think there has there's going to have to be a creative way to get Tyreek Hill the ball because they are going to do everything they can to keep Tyreek Hill contained. I believe that. That's one of the ways the Chiefs are so good, too. They're going to bring him in jet sweeps. They're going to bring him in double motions. They're mm-hmm. going to move him to the right, to the left, all over the place because you don't know what's going to happen. Now, I'm looking at Brady, though, and that offense with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin mm-hmm. and Antonio Brown. Yeah. One of them is going to have an explosive game. They yeah. have to just because you have Snead on the Chiefs, who is a home run of a pick, who is emerging as their number one. Yeah. You have Honey Badger who can fit out there and play, and you have Bashad Breeland, I think, yeah. who fits in here and there. But yeah, listen, he's, a, he's an okay corner. He's it, pretty good. But OK is going to get yeah. exposed against one yeah. of these guys, depending on who it is. It's not a Marshawn Lattimore living in Mike Evans' head rent-free <laughs> yeah. kind of game. Mike Evans is due to pop off. Yeah. Chris Goblin could pop off. It could be Antonio Brown. Scotty Miller, for that matter. Yeah. I, the weapons on this team, yes, they're not as explosive. They're not as fancy as what it is. But when you add man, Tom Brady in there, man, they will. I, I think you you go bottom to top. Like, it's crazy to say this, but the Bucks have the better wide receiver core. It's close. I mean, <laughs> really, I mean, if you think about it, Godwin, Evans, Brown, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, especially the top three, when, when I'll take that over at, yeah, our exactly, Hill. Especially when. Yeah, Hill, Hill you, you put Kelsey Sammy in there Watkins. as a receiver, and then Hardman or Watkins. Yeah, that, that third spot is really what the difference maker is for me. And I take the Bucks wide receiver core over the, the Chiefs. I know that's crazy to say, but, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Give me some of your player props. All right, player props. Let's move on. Uh, oh, I did want to say real quick on how the Bucks can win, just because I, I, I brought it up for the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs' offense is amazing, but they do have tendencies, as I said, about the, you know, they they went a long time only winning six games. They Their offensive uh, uh, script, it, it, it defenses are starting to catch on. So what the Chiefs have to do is they have to change it up a little bit. And what the Bucks have to do is to catch those those changes very quickly and try and get them back into what they're comfortable with. Adjust, adjust, yes. adjust to it. And then if you can get them back with what you're comfortable with, at least you know what they're trying to do def- offensively, and then you can stop it. And then it goes back to Todd Bowles. You need to calm down on the aggressiveness. We know Todd Bowles is an aggressive play caller. They have the defense to do it. They have to just cool it a little bit uh, and then just avoid the interceptions downfield for Brady. That's going to be the biggest thing. Let's get into our player props. Um, all right, so I'll, I'll let you go first. What are your first ones? Uh, Scotty Miller. Scotty I'm going Miller. to take Scotty Miller on the over at 21 yards. Listen, Bavada's giving me minus 114 odds on this. So, I mean, it's not, it's not incredible. Yeah. But to think that 21 yards... Uh, Tom Brady loves Scotty Miller. There's been a lot of back and forth, kind of funny banter about you know Miller being faster than Tyreek and blah blah blah, fitting no. him in. We know he's not, <laughs> but they're gonna, there's a use for him, and it's the way that he's able just to. It's it's Tom Brady always has a guy mm-hmm. that I think that is is gonna be that's gonna be his clutch performer at a wide receiver like the the third and eight seam across the middle that he just feels safe mm-hmm. with. 
Fair enough. It's Miller. Yeah, I, that, that's a good one. One yards. He's got that. All right. So you're talking about Scotty Miller. I'll go Bucks again. I'm going to go Ronald Jones with the over at 38 rushing yards. I think they're going to use both running backs pretty evenly. Ronald Jones is a good back. I know Fournette has been the starter through the playoffs. Listen, the Bucks have been annoying all year because you don't know who the starter is week to week. So you know, some weeks seems like Ronald Jones gets all the all the touches. The next week it seems like it's it's Leonard Fournette. Was not fun for fantasy, but in a one week prop bet and you have Ronald Jones at 38 yards. Yeah, I think both runners are going to get over four. And I think Ronald Jones can easily hit that number when, we, like you said at the beginning of this, they're going to try and run out eight-minute drives. Exactly. So, so thirty-eight yards feels very good. I like Ronald Jones on the over there. What's the what's the blowout odds? Uh, the the odds was it was like minus one ten. Yeah. yeah. Um, my next one, I'm going to stick with the Buccaneers, man. I, I I feel bad in saying it. All the minor Buccaneers oriented in their favor to win, but I, that's I'm going with my gut here. Yeah. It's Chris Godwin to have the most receiving yards out of the entire game. That's at a plus four hundred and twenty odds. That's wow. That is very handsome considering, yes, you have Tyreek Hill, you have Travis Kelsey, there's Mike Evans, but Chris Godwin is just as an elite receiver up there. I mean, he's a top 15 overall in the game. Yep. And, yeah, he's due for one of these because I think that he's going to be the number two technically getting he's, – he's drawing number two attention for the Chiefs mm-hmm. defense. And that's – you said that's most receiving yards? The most receiving yards yeah. in the entire game. Give me Chris Godwin. And what, what are the odds of that? Plus 420. Plus 420. Yeah, that's awesome. Blaze good stuff, man. Blaze it. All right, I love that. Uh, so I'm going to go – I'm going to go Bucks again. And I have a really interesting one. You, we mentioned Mike Evans. I do think Mike Evans is the target in the red zone all the time. Of course. So at plus 800 – at plus 800 as the first touchdown score, I feel really good about that. As as good as you can about a plus, uh, about a first touchdown score, you're never going to get great, you know, it's it's a luck of the draw kind of thing. But at Mike Evans at plus 900, I kind of like that a lot. I'm, I'm taking I'm taking if, that one. If their drives go as like chewing the clock as I think it will, they're going to find their way in the red zone. They're going to run the yards. ball. It's going to be about on the 12, 15-yard line-ish, yep. and you just throw it to Mike Shoot. Evans. Yeah, yeah, and he, he's, I mean, he can big body every single one of the corners on the, you know, Matthews to everybody on that side. So so I feel good about that. Um, I'll, I'll throw out another one that I like, and I want to go over to the, the Chiefs side. My boy, dude, I've been repping all year, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, yeah. the first running back taken in the draft everyone nobody forget that uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire on the uh on the over on the rushing yards it's at it's at 42 yards at minus at minus 110 42 rushing yards I think he gets there he's healthy I think look Daryl Jones is or Daryl Williams excuse me the old the old LSU running back he was there as side note he was there when uh when Geis was there who would have thought that he would be the running back in the NFL and Geis Geis is out of the NFL funny funny little side note I just want to put that out there he's been playing great look and he might get his touches I think his line is at like 30 yards I really consider doing that as well Daryl Daryl Williams might be a sneaky 30 yard rushing that could totally happen I think Tyreek Hill, I think the Chiefs are going to try and slow the game down at times. I think they're going to understand that that if they know, if they're in, you know, shotgun with running, you know, shotgun out there, run the ball. Ty- CEH can yeah, get take, four or five, five yards. Or six, get your five man. or six yards. They're playing the pass. Why not? Uh, so I, I think something like that. I also really like CEH on the receptions. Through, uh, two and a half receiving yards. I'm taking the over on that. Receive, receiving receptions. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I have two more. This one's a bad one for the Bucks, though. This is a bad one. This is Mike Evans on the under on receptions. I believe he has set at eight receptions. I think that might be a little too many. Mike Evans, oh, at eight? 
Yes. Yeah. Wow. That. Yeah. That's that's a lot. That Mike Evans is at an eight is way too many. I would definitely yeah. take the under on that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I feel good about that. Um, another one that I like, and this is just because I I think I think there's gonna be a guy who's nobody's talking about that's going to have a it's bunch a Super of Super Bowl. Yeah. Always it always is. happens, right? You mentioned Scotty Miller. I like Robinson on the Chiefs. He's always good for two. You know, for <laughs> two or three <laughs> catches a game. The ball. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Listen. 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 We don't need Man, to talk about that. He drops a touchdown. You will not drop a touchdown. I'll, pay, I'll put a side bet on that. <laughs> I'll do a side bet that he does. <laughs> All right. So at at uh, he, it's at plus one forty seven that he has three or more catches. I'm gonna take the over on that all day. I, I like that. I think I think he could be the guy who gets like five or six receptions this game, just randomly. Everybody else is covered. Uh, Robinson over the over the flats and stuff like that. I like that bet. That's something I feel good about. My last one. All right. My last one might be the dagger, depending on when it happens in the game. It is for a Pat Mahomes touchdown to happen. So that is in the plus odds. You're at the plus 300 on that because mm-hmm. it's it's uh, at the point five. I'm pretty sure it's even at that for him to not throw one. I think he's going to be trying to do a little too much. T- touchdown happen or interception? Inter- interception. Yeah, you said touchdown. touchdown. Okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. I, I oh, knew. my bad. <laughs> Pat Mahomes interception, interception. to happen. I think Pat Mahomes is going to throw an interception. I think he's going to be scanning the field maybe a little bit too long, maybe rolling out somewhere that he probably shouldn't have. There's an easier option that he could, and he's going to fit that tight window, and someone's going to jump it. I think he – did he throw two in the Super Bowl last year? Yeah. Or it, yeah. was it just one? It, I listen, think it was two. People don't want to bring that up. That was a lackluster performance. Yeah, it, it was funny because last year did not have a good Super Bowl. It was one of his worst games, really, from the Super Bowl to like Week Five. I think it was the worst I've ever seen him play, and it's still much better than the rest of the NFL for the most part. But it really was. It was bad, Pat Mahomes, and I think midseason really is when he kind of got back into the groove yeah. and started looking like the dude again. Uh, but yeah, I absolutely agree. The Super Bowl, he, he had a great drive at the end, obviously, and, it's almost and giving the game away took, at times. Took everything, you know. Nobody, nobody will talk about it anymore. But exactly. yeah, you're absolutely right. He didn't have a great one. I don't think he throws an interception this game. I actually think I would take Tom Brady to throw the interception over uh, over Mahomes. But that's me. Look, I'm at the end of the day, I'm taking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs won this game. They're at plus, uh, or yeah, they're at plus minus uh, three and a half to win. So they're the favorite. The Bucks are at home. It did just come out that the NFL is not going to let them uh, do any of like the home field stuff. So they're not going to do the cannons. You don't. They don't get to treat it like a home game. Yeah. They they still have to treat it like the Super Bowl. Twenty five thousand fans in attendance. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. So so I, for those nobody knows this, but my mom is a healthcare worker that lives in St. Pete, which is right outside of Tampa Bay. So last week when they when they said they were going to let in like seven thousand or it was some crazy amount of uh, healthcare workers in and around the Tampa. Bay Area, I immediately called my mom. I was like, "Is there any way you can you get this? Yeah, like, is there any way this. I can go to this game?" Like, I was oh, trying, I was trying to figure it out. No, it didn't end up working out, obviously. But it was it was pretty exciting for about a, about an hour there, where I was thinking there might be a chance. Uh, anywhere else you want to go? I don't have any any you other. Said, you said props. Chiefs. I'm gonna say if Bavada is willing to give me three and a half points on the Buccaneers, yeah, I will take three and a half points with the Buccaneers because I think the Bucks are winning this game outright. Yeah, give me the points. Give me a late game scenario. It, for that, Harrison Butker beats me by three points. I still win. Yeah, I look. I absolutely agree. I want to go to last thing we're going to do. Then we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, on Bavada, what you can do is you can go down to the uh, the parlays and you can go to like plus two thousand to five thousand and just like there's some crazy odds there. So I want to look at some fun ones real quick. Uh, Tom Brady to have over three hundred twenty five passing yards. Ronald Jones to have over sixty rushing yards. Ronald Jones to have a touchdown for Tampa Bay to win is at plus twenty one hundred. Uh, that's a bet for you because you do think. Tampa Tampa wins. I do. Does Ronald Jones have a big game? Does Tom 
Brady throw the ball a good bit. I don't, know, I don't know if Tom's going to hit 325 off of that, though. I think he's going to play more yeah, I don't think safe. He, I don't think he does either. Uh, a really fun one, you mentioned Scotty Miller. Yeah. If he just has a fucking game, 120 receiving yards and a touchdown is at plus 8,000. Fuck it. Scotty Miller, Super Bowl <laughs> MVP. Yeah, why not? <laughs> you know how funny that would be? Uh, enough, I mean, something I could definitely see some people betting. Rob Gronkowski, same kind of conversation, 150 receiving yards and two touchdowns. 9,800, uh, so I'll that's eat, basically... I'll eat my fucking shoe. <laughs> you bet a dollar, you win $980. They're going to use it more in the run the run blocking game. And yeah, the, the there's, there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. There's But there's some fun ones here. I just wanted to bring up some some interesting bets here. I'm going to find one more that I like, and then we'll get out of here. Eh, I can't really find one. Ah, oh, we're good. All right, guys. Uh, anything else you want to bring up? No, go Bucks. Go go Chiefs. Guys, Thank you to the NCAA gods that are bringing back college football video games. We are so excited. Thank you to all our fans and everybody watching at home on YouTube on the uh, on the Underdog Podcast Network. We really appreciate it. If you don't mind just going and clicking all the buttons, subscribe, like, all that good stuff, everything but dislike. It would really help us out. We really appreciate it. Hey, check out our TikTok. TikTok blew up. TikTok be popping. Guys, though. we're we're TikTok famous. We went from like 130 followers to like 1500 in a week. Famous. So uh, yeah, we're we're TikTok famous now. We're we're you know we're big time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching, guys. Peace out. Thank you, Seb.